The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Hello! Thank you for being here this morning. As always, we appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Uh, all right, what do we got here? All Where right. are we going? Okay, I, I have a, I've got another one from Kevin O'Leary. Oh, good. This is on, because I, I, he really makes it a, a very simple. Do I have it here still? Oh, oh gosh darn it, did I just? Oh, no, there it is, okay. Uh, and this is on the uh, the uh, the whole uh, uh, Trump uh, fine of three hundred and fifty five uh, million dollars. And this is w- this one right here from CNN. He was on Fox News. But this one, after that amount was put out, really is the one where he is where he really makes the best points about is this done in real estate? Right. Which yeah. he's involved in everything. Right. Kevin O'Leary. Is. Right. Yeah. You know, is this is this done? Is is Trump being prosecuted for what they prosecute people for, or is this something that's done every single day is a norm in commercial real estate, and they're just going after Trump because we live in a banana republic, right? Or New York City is a banana republic. Mm. Here we go. Here's uh, uh, Kevin O'Leary, and let's leave out politics and just talk about what happens in real estate development anywhere. So. If you're a developer and you've got a building on a, on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, $500 million and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset and I want you to tell me it's worth $500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth $400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you could possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, and you build a new building with a construction finance loan. And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. 
every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. So in this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you've got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. This doesn't even make sense. Now, look, I know Trump's got a lot of problems in other indictments and everything else. But but this if you're a real estate developer, you're watching this, you're saying, what is this? This is ridiculous. And that's why Governor Hochul had to come out and go, no, no, this is just a one time event, which makes the case that you're targeting Trump. Exactly. I mean, it was just you like, can't win this because yeah. and, and that's the thing, too, is that uh, it's not potentially this isn't a one-time event because if New York is able to uh, essentially win the appeal here, which you and I have doubts about, I don't think that's going to happen. But if they did and this stuck, that means New York State could use this as a fundraiser against anyone, any property owner in New York State. If you've ever done this, challenge the value of whatever you own whatever property you own then they could go after you and then and then what you know confiscate all this stuff or make you pay a massive fine that you can't afford to pay knowing the only way you can pay the fine is to liquidate i mean it has the potential to go so far here and I'm hoping that the highest court will put an end to that because well, this is ridiculous. There, there are a, a few things. Number one, this is this is standard. And you and I talked about the fact that, you know, in in fraud, normally you have victims. I'm a victim of the fraud. You know, if you're committing if if you're committing an act of misinformation and nobody gets hurt, the fraud for fraud to be completed, in my opinion, it's like stealing. Mm-hmm. For stealing to have been committed, you need to steal something. Yeah. Stealing isn't going into the store with the thought of stealing. Right. If I'm outside of a store and I tell somebody, I'm what, what would I steal if I'm going to steal something? Golf balls. Ah. There you go. I'm going to go in this store and I'm going to steal golf balls. All right. Okay. Yeah. You walk in the store. Mm -hmm. You walk around, mm -hmm. you don't steal anything, mm -hmm. and you walk out. Can mm -hmm. you be charged with stealing? Well, in New York State at the moment, why not? Or how about this? You go in and say to the store manager, hey, this item is damaged. Are you willing to mark this down? That happens all the time. Hey, uh, you know, the, the this can this whatever it is is damaged or i know somebody who actually walks in and there's like a clearance bin and they'll go to the manager hey what would you take if i took everything in the clearance bin you're negotiating oh wait a minute you want to get away with paying less 
you're trying to get favor from the store because that was the charge. Remember, the attorney general of the state of New York comes at him and says he was trying to gain favor. Trump was trying to gain favor from insurance companies and underwriters at banks. Well, who's not? Gary, did you try and negotiate? Well, wait a minute. Uh, tell my insurance provider, um, I may not renew because I'm going to go shop somewhere else. So if you don't have any further discounts for me, then expect me to cancel soon. I actually have done that a couple of times. Everybody does. Well, a lot of people do. Certainly everybody wants to pay less. Who is it that is not seeking more favorable terms in any financial situation? The government? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, they've got their own favorable term. It's all geared toward themselves because they don't well, earn I mean, the money. No, no, I mean, I meant in favor of the taxpayer who they yeah, represent. Exactly, yeah. Well, they don't see that. Let me let me be very exactly. clear. Exactly, yeah. If, if, because they have to remember they represent us and they don't. And well, those are the, you know, but the, those are the things, those are the questions. Who isn't trying to gain favorable terms in any financial situation, in any purchase? Oh, how dare you shop by looking for the best price for gasoline, how dare you? That tells me you weren't interested in paying full price. Well, and everybody relates to this. Does this mean if you protest your property taxes in New York that you can be charged with fraud if you don't agree with the assessment of the county? Right. If you present anything that shows anything different than their valuation well for example when i when i did the uh when the one time i protested my taxes i'm afraid to protest this year because i got such a reduction because of the new property tax it's, law it's never i i've always known it would never benefit me um because of the way yeah i i it's if they were to go in and reassess it then i would owe you know, back in the day, not so much anymore, but it was in the past when I thought about it, it was like, nope, I'm not going to do that because they would probably do an assessment and go, oh, actually, we believe you owe more. <laughs> and now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal, but man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting you know there's so many great ways to find great deals hey i have a great find in your bargain hunting journey book online at motel6.com use the code cp red eye to get 15 percent off your stay at motel 6 or studio 6 with almost 1500 locations across the country there's almost always a motel 6 or studio 6 nearby and truck parking is available at most locations enjoy a clean comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code cp red eye that's the letters cp red eye all one word for 15 percent off your stay at motel6.com that is a bargain that's just something i've noticed brought to you by motel 6 Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Well, and and I... You know, when, when I, the one time I protested mine and I'm just, I'm just throwing this number out of this. These weren't my numbers just so people uh, just to make it easy. And I used it earlier. So the, the county assesses your home at 300,000. Right. All right. And by the way, the county gets it wrong all the time. They don't come to you by the way and do, they don't send in an appraisal team. No, they don't go inside your house. They don't do any of that. And the government appraisal was different from an appraiser that was in within a year when I was uh, at that point because I was refinancing my mortgage. Right. And their numbers were different. Right. And so when they did it, I went, okay, it went up pretty drastically. And I, I looked at other comps and went, I should be paying less. And I went and looked at the most favorable comps that I could get. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, for example... Uh, how much the pool cost me in property taxes and how much knowing that I have no houses behind me, but a pond, what difference that makes. Mm-hmm. But I did find comps that had a, well, I think I found one comp that had a pool and a pond that was less than mine. And, uh, that, and then I found, uh, houses that the closest comps you could find, even some of the suggested comps where they were a lot less. And I went, well, even if you take the pool and the scenery, you know, into, into consideration, it doesn't make me 60,000 more than what I should be. Right. The value. And so I went in and I fought it and I said, I think it should be 240. Believing that my house was worth the more than the 240. Now I'm making up these just generic numbers. Right. But truly believing, no, it's probably the... I always thought the right price should have been somewhere in between like 260, 270. Hmm. That's what I thought. But I went, I can make the argument with the comps, I think, especially because I have that one house. And because it was square footage. But the excuse they gave is I had three bedrooms. They only had two. Hmm. You know, And it was like, but the square foot doesn't matter. This is how we judge it. And then it was, and we charge this month much because you have the pool and this much because you have a pond. I'm mean, well, still doesn't come. You're still 40, you know, uh, 40, uh, you know, 40, 50,000 off the square footage of all the houses on my street. Yeah, but they have square footages of, of three to 500 feet more than you do. And a small house is always more per square foot. Mm-hmm. Where's that written? Right. Where'd you come up? Where'd you come up with that one? Right. You know, where's that come from? And I made a good, I lost two to one, but I had one of the appraisers and thought I should be paying the 240, not the 300. Mm -hmm. And I found out I could have actually fought in between and probably got it. But they wouldn't compromise. It's not like they'll compromise and say, all right, the correct value. They weren't even looking for the correct value. They had their number. I had mine. What the real evaluation came to they even sort of said they even sort of yeah probably somewhere in between but you do the 3 300,000 but it's not that's not the right number and you're admitting it's not the right number. Mm-hmm. You're admitting it should be somewhere in the middle. Right. 
yeah, but that's what you went for, and that's how we do it. You either go for that or that. I didn't know walking in that was the case. Otherwise, I might have made it, you know, the 260, 270, again, making up these numbers, just mm-hmm. trying to make it easy for people to understand. Right. And and so should I have been accused of fraud for putting the county through all this mess that I did, the back and forth? Well, anyone, because, Am again, I committing fraud? Under, the, under this idea of of how they went after Trump in New York State, the attorney general, the charges were, again, based on trying to gain favor with insurance companies and banks. Who's not trying to gain favor? Who who does not want more favorable terms right. in anything, in any financial transaction? Well, I'm even, you know, for example, I said, because Trump put on on True Social the other day, what they're not telling you is how many properties in there I undervalued. Mm-hmm. They're only going for the ones that were that that they claim were overvalued, which again was my estimate. And he talked about the fact that because you know of his his brand, I want to make sure not just celebrity, but the brand that the brand offers something. Right. Yeah. 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 He goes, and we know in co- commercial real estate it does. He goes, and if if any were overvalued as to what the appraisal should be, it was because they didn't take brand into consideration, and they should. But the fact is, I even admitted if I lived in New York, I admitted. Yeah, I didn't believe my house was worth that 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 low, but I thought I could prove it with a couple of the comps. Not all the comps, but a couple, so why not go for it? Well, I'm admitting that I'm trying to commit fraud. Well, that's it. Uh, and, in, under New York law, and that's not what I was attempting to do. Well, and now I could see where the attorney general, why not go after any bank that did, or insurance company, that did business with Trump? You were trying to gain favorable terms by having Trump, a high-profile individual, as a client. I can make that case. Any bank, if you look at it, real real estate, commercial real estate bank, would love to say, oh, yeah, we were involved in this project, that project with the Trump organization. I mean, politically, not anymore. But, but over the years, he was one of those gets. Oh, no, no, we've done lots of business with Mr. Trump. That would be a badge of honor in the business world. Oh, wait a minute. You were trying to gain favor by having him on your list of clients, and you didn't do your due diligence. Ah, you gave him favorable terms because you knew getting him aboard would get you other business once they found out that you're taking care of Trump, you'll which, take which, care of them. Which means you were Ooh. trying to gain favor. So then they go after the people on the other side of wow. it. If you're going to apply this thought, no, that's a great point. Then anybody trying to gain favorable terms in a in any financial transaction is a potential target. And that's why Governor Hochul coming out. Oh no, no, this is only a one time thing going after. Yeah, no, Trump. we only hate Trump. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> stop talking and then and then the fact that he's got to put up the bond which he might not be able to get which mm-hmm. means you have to pull up the full amount right in order to file an appeal right so he's got to liquidate this, a lot of assets this, this stuff is unconstitutional yeah it's it a, the, the fact that he couldn't get a jury it had to be an obviously anti-trump judge right and that judge is just a bizarre individual. He really is. I mean, my God, He's, I'd never want to go before him. Yeah. I, I get out just be get out of New York because of the judges. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I don't want to creepy. indict. I don't want to indict all judges. No, but he's he's creepy. Eight six six ninety red eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products, tested, trusted, guaranteed since nineteen twenty. What might livestock production and prices look like this year? USDA Centennial Ag Outlook Forum included the 2024 forecast, courtesy of Chief Economist Seth Beyer. We've seen our livestock market heavily impacted by disease pressures and weather. That's no surprise, but that's going to be part of the fate that we see going forward. Looking at price forecast and what could impact the meat sector this year. The price of swine, a little bit higher, but remember, feeds a lot higher. If you've got cattle and you can run them, you'll make some money. The question is, is will you have those forage conditions? Turkeys, industry facing some serious demand issues and putting a lot of downward pressure. And on eggs, there's a lot of volatility in that. We had a lot of HPAI issues. Meanwhile, slow milk production growth and firm demand, both domestically and internationally, should translate to mostly higher dairy prices in 2024. From the Ag Outlook Forum in Arlington, Virginia, I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Lubes. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. In Toronto Radio, uh, he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. The great, the great Biden campaign reset. Uh, <laughs> talked about uh, Axios.com with an article on it. We touched on it. A couple of other things to uh, to bring up, but uh, Biden apparently plans. This is one of the plans Axios talks about to uh, come out even before the State of the Union address and actually reverse his executive orders uh-huh. that have opened the border. Go back to more of the Trump policies and then claim that he's doing something for the border Why the Republicans do nothing. Right. That We're not saying that. Yep. Axios is yep. saying that's what he's going to do. More listeners not now than now, depending on when now is. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen uh, overnight. Now, we told you this was going to happen, and we know we knew that the Biden betrayal of Israel would happen. Uh, Biden, uh, There's a headline, Biden to go to U.N. Security Council to force temporary ceasefire on Israel. Mm. Yeah. The Biden administration is reportedly taking its goal of a ceasefire to in the uh, Israel-Hamas war to the U.N. Security Council as early as today. The administration said is said to have proposed a draft U.N. Security Council resolution, which would in part call for a temporary ceasefire and for Israel not to continue its offensive. According to Reuters, the U.S. text states in part that it determines that under current circumstances, a major ground offensive would further uh, result in further harm to civilians and further displacement, including uh, potentially into neighboring countries. Mm. 
Richard Goldberg, former NSC official during the Trump administration, told Fox News Digital the United States should be voting, uh, uh, should be vetoing pro-Hamas resolutions, not proposing them. By putting forward a resolution calling for a ceasefire and opposing Israeli military occupation, or excuse me, military action, the White House is effectively pushing for Hamas to survive the massacre another day. This is a complete betrayal of U.S. interests and values. We told you it was going to happen. I think most conservatives told you this would happen with Biden. I had no doubt. So there you go. Uh, As we have said, the only thing to do here is completely annihilate Hamas. After that happened, that's the only thing. It's your only option because if you don't. It's going to come back at you. If you stand down for one moment and try and pretend like the delusional left that nothing will happen. By the way, that's not even the case anymore. Now they don't care if anything happens to Israel. It used to be, look, Hamas isn't the bad guy. It's just. Everybody stop doing what you're doing. We'll pretend everything's going to go back to normal. Now it's, they don't care. If Hamas goes in again, they don't care. And there is no option for Israel but to eliminate Hamas, eliminate the threat. And I can't tell you how long that's going to take or what it's going to take. But there is no other option. That has to be done or Hamas comes back again and again and again and again and again. This was really interesting yesterday. A Harvard professor. In fact, I put uh, some of the audio on uh, my whatever it's called X Twitter page. <laughs> my X Twitter page. <laughs> Twitter X uh, whatever, I, I put uh, some of the uh, interview that was done between a Harvard professor and Barry Weiss, Barry Weiss of the Twitter files. Hmm. A Harvard professor said that all hell broke loose. By the way, we used this study back in the summer of 2020 uh, as part of the evidence that Black Lives Matter, the Democrats, representatives of the NBA and the NFL, that they were lying uh, about police departments that were systemically racist to hunt down and kill blacks. We -hmm. said that's a lie. Mm -hmm. The evidence doesn't exist. But a Harvard professor, a black Harvard professor, said that all all hell broke loose and he was forced to go out in public with armed security after he found, or excuse me, after he published a study that found no evidence of racial bias in police shootings. Now, this is 2016 he did this. Mm. During a sit-down conversation with Barry Weiss, Harvard economics professor Roland Fryer discussed the fallout from a 2016 study he published on racial bias in policing. The study found that police, uh, uh, that officers were 
23.8% less likely to shoot at blacks and 8.5% less likely to shoot at Hispanics than they were to shoot at whites. When Fryer claimed the data showed no racial differences in officer-involved shootings, he said all hell broke loose and his life was upended. Fryer received the first of many complaints and threats four minutes after the publication. He goes, this was like, four. Well, I forgot how many pages, hundreds mm-hmm. of pages long, mm-hmm. four minutes after it's released, people are writing me saying you're full of, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Goes, you couldn't have read it. Didn't even read it. There's no way you could read it in that time. Fire said people quickly lost their minds, and some of his colleagues refused to believe the results after months of asking him not to print the data. I had colleagues take me to the side and say, don't publish this. You will destroy your career. The world-renowned economist knew from comments by faculty that he was likely to garner backlash, Fryer admitted that he anticipated the results of the study would be different and would confirm suspicions of racial bias against minorities. He tells that to Barry Weiss. He said, I thought it was going to be the complete opposite. In fact, he was so concerned because he thought it would confirm that there's a racial bias against minorities in police shootings that when he found no racial bias, he went out, hired four, eight brand new assistants, and redid the study again from scratch. The data came back the exact same. After the report was published, Fryer lived under police protection for over a month. He had a, a seven-day-old daughter at that time. I was going to the grocery stores to get diapers with an armed guard. It was crazy. It was really, truly crazy. Fryer, who became the youngest tenured black professor at Harvard at age 30, was, uh, you know, uh, said uh, that, uh, where is it here? I lost it here. Um, oh, said when asked, uh, uh, when referencing to President Gay, who was critical of him, uh, referenced Gay in her con- uh, conversation with Fryer, asked him if he believes in karma, and he said, I hear it's a MF, and I'll just leave it at that. Mm. Uh, because she disagreed with the stuff that he was doing also. But, uh, yeah, and it's really interesting to see him, because he's he. you look at me, he goes, I'm an economics professor. That's what I do. I do research. I don't decide the research. I just do the research. Right. And then we put it up for peer review. And if somebody can look at it in peer review and say, okay, this is wrong with it. Okay, fine. And he goes, I thought the results were going to be different. And we couldn't find it different. We could not find it. It wasn't out there. And we had used... That as just some of the research that we used in the summer of 2020, if you believed it, and I'm telling you, we got pushed back every single day on this one whenever we would bring it up. And we said the theory 
that's out there and being put out there without any evidence that police departments are systemically racist to hunt down and kill blacks. There is no evidence that shows that. In fact, the studies show there isn't. Right. And the statistics show there isn't. And as everyone lied about this and and the, and the liberal blue wave of intimidation rolling up over everybody, you better believe corporate it. Corporate America jumped on board. Corporate America did, yep. The NFL did. Don't you dare NBA not did. jump on board. Yep. You must you must promote the lie. And you and I said, you know, we knew. You know, we knew because, you know, we, we, we had seen the research before. Even 2020, we had brought it up, that research. Mm-hmm. Because you had, for a significant pe- uh, period of time, you had these studies being done. Uh, you had uh, Heather McDonald go through all as much. I mean, didn't she do a book on it? I think she wrote a book. Yeah, with, it was, all, this, I, it was with all the statistics of First did an, an article on it, and, and I think the book after, right? Or was the article based on the book? I believe she did. Was it was it set it off? Was it National Review or or City Journal where she did it? Remember, she did. She where there was an article that started it all. Right. I can't remember what year it was. She said, "This isn't true." Right. We do, and she kind of like that professor was kind of thought it would be a different yes result. Yeah. Said this that her work would probably show what everybody is saying. And it turned out that wasn't the case. But you can't have that. No, you can't. You must embrace the lie. And look, I give the professor credit. He said, look, this is what I do. If if I did something wrong in my research mm-hmm. and the peer review found it, fine. Well, look, you can't do this. This is where, this is where it's bogus in the numbers where you're doing the survey this way. You should have done it this way and not that way. That's what, and and that's fine. That's healthy, in in academia to have that to say here's yeah. I'm criticizing you not on not on the result. I'm criticizing you on the method of how you did your 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 study and asking you, does that make a difference? You know, in the results that you get. Right. Nobody did that. Nope. Nobody was able to do that and nope. say statistically the methods were flawed. In some way. And he said, so that's what I do. I, I do research and we put out the studies. It's just, and so I don't go into it. If you said, if you're going to go into a study and really be a researcher and do studies, you don't sit there and say, well, it's not, it's, you know, we've gone over this over and over again. There is nothing else that I can do. These are the results, man. I didn't believe it, but I cannot, you know, it's sort of like when you're instrument flying in a plane. Mm-hmm. The body's telling you, you you don't know where you are. Your head can't figure out everything. You're looking at those instruments. And your body or your instinct is telling you one thing, and your instruments are actually telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. And you follow those instruments. You know, you can't follow what your body's feeling. Those instruments are right. And you can sit there and go, yeah, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't matter. Those instruments are right. And I think that's what he was sort of saying, that this is what he does. And he does it well. It's you know, and and he does well, studies, it, which which tells me he put greater scrutiny on it than if he was looking at it, going, "This doesn't feel right. This doesn't look right. I didn't expect this." 
then he went through it over and over again. That tells me they looked at it every single way that they could in order to find something, a flaw right. in their methodology or whatever it would be, and they didn't find it. No, that's a great point. If you're, do- if you're talking about just the research and you feel that, look, I'm doing this research because I think that it's going to be this way, and you find it isn't, well, then you're going to try to find your own flaws. Right. And when you can't something find Something must any- be wrong. Yeah, something must be wrong. And if you can't find how the study is flawed or what you did wrong in the method of putting together that study, man, you sit there going, well, I got to put this out because I was wrong on this. And, and that's I, it. And I believe the study is statistically correct. And he knew he was going to get the heat. So, yeah, he so it better be accurate when you well, put it well, out. Apparently, reading the story, it was ready for months. And they didn't put it out. And he was being told by the faculty, don't put this out. This will destroy your career. Mm -hmm. How does putting a study destroy your career? It's either accurate or it's not. Because they don't want the truth. They don't. In academia. They do not. But he stayed. He's still there, Mm -hmm. which is good. Yeah. That's one one piece of good news for Harvard. Yeah, right. (laughs) 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on uh, tomorrow's show, and, and probably throughout the week, I, the one thing is I haven't been able to find through the stories on it. I'm going to have to actually go to the, the study. The largest ever COVID vaccine study uh, links the shot to a small increase in heart and brain conditions. Hmm. I want to know the numbers on it. You know, what is it? One in every 100,000. I know i got a buddy of mine that anybody young who die, dies He'll send me the text message. It's the shot. It's mm-hmm. a shot. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and the thing is, every one that he has stated had nothing to do with the shot. Right. And I make sure I remind him, well, you said this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. He right. goes, what do you think? I go, I don't know. I'm not the coroner. You know, I can't yeah. tell you why the person died. I, I don't know. I mean, you're just guessing what it is. But I want to see the actual numbers out there because that's the entire COVID, everything on COVID. We've always wanted everything examined across the board on it. It's healthy to question. Right. Just like elections. It's healthy to question everything on every election. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.